Welcome to Transform, a podcast highlighting the people and ideas shaping the future of senior living. I'm Senior Housing News Editor Tim Regan. On today's episode, I spoke with Jim Biggs and Josh Johnson, who are the CEO and COO of West Bay Senior Living. Biggs and Johnson have spent a long time in senior living operations, including with communities in China. Now, they are forging ahead with a new operating company called Momentum Senior Living. We don't believe someone chooses a community because of the national brand. We believe that people choose a community because it's the best community within a five-mile radius. That's really why we chose the name Momentum and why we're excited about it. But before we get to that interview, I'd like to take a moment to highlight our upcoming Build event in Chicago on November 9 and 10. This event always features the latest industry trends, fast-paced panels with industry leaders, and plenty of time to network. Tickets are on sale now. Visit SeniorHousingNews.com slash events for more information. And now, here's my interview with Jim Biggs and Josh Johnson of West Bay Senior Living. Josh Johnson and Jim Biggs, welcome to Transform. Thank you again for joining me today. So I want to just sort of start with a, a baseline update on how things have gone at West Bay Senior Living. So. 2022, obviously a unique year for operators in the senior living industry, lots of opportunities, lots of challenges, but what have kind of been the highlights this year? And maybe if I dare ask, what have been maybe some of the lowlights? This is Josh and I'll I'll start. 2022, we thought would be a terrific year for our industry coming hopefully out of COVID. This has been an incredibly tough year cut tough three years for our industry due to COVID. And then now with the labor shortages and the uh, wage pressure that has occurred, fortunately for us, we're a very new company. So we can can move very fast and make changes very fast. We've been fortunate for our existing community in Chicago. One huge highlight We've hit 95% now, uh, and that that's a true 95%. That's not one of those fictitious 95%. We're, we're very proud of the team there. This is one of the few communities I've heard that actually grew occupancy during COVID, which was amazing for a community that is as large as the Carrington is. We've been very focused on that community, obviously, because being such a new company, that was very important to us. In fact, during COVID, I'll say a highlight for us, Jim Jim Biggs, who's the co-founder of West Bay and Momentum, actually lived at the Carrington through COVID. Uh, so you talk about like essential worker, right? And a lot of people from corporate offices did not go to communities. Jim actually lived at one to get them through it. And it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing show of leadership and dedication and my hat's off to them. Yeah. What you didn't know, Josh, was you were on standby, which I always thought was worse, knowing you were going to go into a hot zone, which had just taken out your friend. So again, kudos to you, Tom Whitaker and, and the team for really for, for being there as well. Jim, so, I actually remember this, and not not to cut in, but I actually remember this. I think you you talked about this on a webinar early in 2020, didn't you? With, yes, with uh, with Perkins Eastman and the, right. That's the right. story, as it told, I think February 2020, which is when COVID hit, I believe the occupancy at the community was about 60 percent. 
Wow. So, so they go from 60 to 95 today. That's quite a testament. And Josh, I, I'm sorry, you were about to add something. My, my favorite part of that whole ordeal, and I'm going to embarrass Jim with this, is that there's a video out there, and I still have it, of all the residents were isolated in their apartments uh, during this time. This was the beginning of COVID. And Jim is carrying around ice cream while a speaker played the ice cream truck song, right? And delivering ice cream to every single resident. I mean, it's just a fantastic video. A little John Cusack from Say Anything with the background. <laughs> holding, the, holding the amp up over the head. But yeah, you know, ice cream, living at the community, ice cream is life, you know, for that community. And uh, so, yeah, it, it kind of was a was a nice a nice touch of home, and we continued that tradition of being that deliver keeping the ice cream coming. We couldn't do it when we delivered the meals, but it was just one of those things people people noticed. Yeah, yeah. Jim is adamant that he has uh, twenty two flavors of ice cream at that. <laughs> so. And what and what and what's your favorite? Oh, uh, cookies and cream. Yeah, yeah. I'm- <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cookie dough guy, but I can appreciate some cookie dough or cookies and cream. There you go. Uh, oh yeah. Josh, Josh go ahead. Highlights. I'm sorry. Uh, but that, that reaching 95% for that community was an extreme highlight for us for this year. The, the other highlight, I would say we opened the Variel, which is an upscale community located in Woodland Hills, California. And we opened that with, triple digits deposits, which was awesome to be able to achieve that during COVID. And by the end of this month, we'll be at 120 units occupied, which is great for the first three months of a community opening in today's society, I think is a a big achievement overall. And the team has done such a fantastic job. By the way, Tim, you should probably ask where Jim is living right now. Jim, where are you living? (laughs) <laughs> live from room 515 at the burial <laughs> are you so so is is this a, is this the beginning of your stint there as the as the resident you know ice cream live in ice cream man you know i'm uh with here it's a uh, it's a different set of circumstances terrific team we, we're trying to forge a west bay momentum culture and uh, it just helps to be here all the time and i think the uh, residents as well do seem to uh to enjoy that. And, and to tell you the truth, when I opened up a property in China, I actually lived inside that nursing home for four months, 25 square meter room. Uh, this is living the dream here. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. We've mentioned a couple times momentum. So I want to just tell our, our listeners at home, we're referring to momentum senior living. Jim, you've described this as kind of the future of the of, of the company. So we've kind of talked a little bit about, about this, but can you describe, you know, what it is you're trying to do with Momentum Senior Living as you as you ramp it up and how it fits into the your overall plans as a as a company going forward? I will. And then I'll, I'll kind of talk about the foundation. And momentum is is really our future. You know, our our relationships were forged with South Bay partners now Harbert South Bay Partners out of Dallas. And you have to understand that to really understand what, we're, what Josh and I are looking to do. We're, our company, we're looking for a select few capital partners and we wanna work with them with a kind of a select footprint. 
West Bay, South Bay, you can see the connections with the names. Uh, but we've, we've now seen some new activity and potentially some new partner coming in. And so we're keeping the West Bay name. We're in the office. We're going to be opening up an office in the South Bay offices in Dallas. So we'll, we will have two offices. And Josh, maybe I'll turn it over to you for momentum. And what's, what's the vision there? So I, th- I think that was incredibly accurate. And it's, it's interesting because he, he's, he's very right. We formed West Bay because we came out of South Bay, basically, for our origin. And we have a great partner in South Bay. We relish the opportunities that they've given us. Uh, we're incredibly lucky overall. And so uh, as time has gone on, what, what's kind of interesting, Jim and I both teach at USC. I teach a branding course and there's nothing like learning than teaching, right? Because you have to really understand what you're teaching. And I, I do teach a branding course and really you have to start with your core values and a positioning statement before you can move on to naming fonts, you know, all of these colors and fun stuff. But for us, we love the name Momentum. We love what it signifies because we are, Jim and I are not the best at giving speeches, obviously, by what we've done so far in this podcast. But (laughs) we are better at action. Uh, You look at Jim, what he's done on the the ground level uh, at these communities and what we've been able to accomplish in terms of sales and marketing. And and it's it's just putting in hour after hour and idea after idea and empowering our staff and being creative. And that's all about momentum, right? You build upon each other. We love the fact that we want to grow within. Uh, and, and Jim will talk more about this with our USC students. But, you know, this industry is so unique because you have all walks of life. Right. And, and people fall into this industry. There are very few people out there that say, hey, I just want I love seniors so much. I want to dedicate my life. No, most people fall into this industry. They end up loving the industry. Don't get me wrong. But. We want to take that caregiver who may even be from another country and is wicked smart and we want to promote them and we want them to be the next executive director, the next regional director of operations. This this is such a unique industry in that respect that we can provide those promotional opportunities for people. And so our name, Momentum, really reflects that. Now, we did not change the name in Chicago. The ownership did not want to go through a name change and a licensing change. And that was fine. And and we respect that. And it gives us an opportunity. Hey, if we if we have other projects out of state, we may we may continue the West Bay name. That's okay. Uh, For California, it's going to be momentum. And we love it. Now, we're able to do that because we're not one of those companies that puts the name on the wall. We are in the background and we like doing that. Every community has its own flavor, its own name, its own set of core values, by the way, and its own branding element. There are some consistency in patterns, but we don't believe someone chooses a community because of the national brand. 
we believe that people choose a community because it's the best community within a five mile radius. And so that's, that's really why we chose the name Momentum and why we're excited about it. I want to actually ask you about what, what has led to the success of the Carrington, but very quickly, I want to actually ask a follow-up about Momentum. And, and uh, Josh, my apologies if you had mentioned this in your explanation there, but what sort of communities do you think you'll be focusing on and what part of the market do you see this company you know, spending well, most of its time on? Right now, as Jim said, we have very few capital partners, right? We, we typically, we work with South Bay partners uh, and we work with Columbia Pacific. And these are terrific partners. And we're building class A buildings that, that really, in my opinion, have very few rivals in this industry. And so momentum depicts that type of class for us. Uh, so we are, we are not looking to take over a building that does not resonate with the same type of buildings that we're building right now. Got it. That makes sense. And, and Josh, again, uh, forgive me, maybe you can weigh in here too, but Jim, I want to go to you first. So we, we've talked a little bit about the Carrington. You obviously lived there. So 60% to 95%, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment and a big feat you know, in, in that amount of time. What do you think it was that helped really move the needle in terms of occupancy or is there another way we could look at this? I, I guess I'm just, you know, what, what led to that success? Again, I think it's uh, humbly put, I think having an experienced person uh, at the helm. And you, it sounds like you've heard that that Smith Perkins uh, or Perkins Eastman in a nutshell. And Josh hit the nail on the head. I think the industry took a black eye with that model that we have these regional experienced people. And a lot of them weren't able to get into the individual communities. So again, it's just, as Josh said, it was somewhat serendipitous. We were, we were small. I happened to be there, but it was incredibly draining and challenging and seeing the effect on the staff. And so again, no disrespect to any other company or team whatsoever. We all did the best we could. But to me, I was fortunately in a position where people wanted to have calls throughout the day. They wanted to, to coach, to mentor. And it's like, we barely have enough people to deliver the food and the meals. We did a satisfaction survey in the middle from Sunsight, the exact same tool before COVID, and the, the scores went up. As a matter of fact, this last one, a couple areas, it, it made, we maintained most of the scores, but they actually dropped down a little bit. Uh, I think that, that our response to COVID demonstrated a, a commitment that at least in that marketplace was a little bit a little bit of a pleasant surprise for families and things like that. Yeah. And I've heard that, too, that this is a period where people, you know, you win trust and people see what you've done and, and now you're a trusted name. So I'm sorry, Josh, I, I cut you off. No, uh, I, I think Jim's being humble, which is great. When he went in there, they had turned over the average department head about three times. And so uh, during his tenure, they only turned over one department head total. And one thing about our company is that we like to empower the staff, right? And, and we are not micromanagers. And people, people respond to that. Either you respond in a great way or you don't. And that's just reality. 
fortunately for Jim, all responded. And now, speaking of which, kind of what we talked about before of empowering people and, and promoting them, we have an executive director there now who started in the industry as a night shift front desk person. And so he does a, his name's Tom Whitaker. He does a, an incredible job. Uh, and we're just very lucky to have him overall. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something else I've heard from operators that, you know, executive directors are, they were important before the pandemic and now they are even more important, it seems. Jim, they were everything. And that really, really makes the difference. And I think when we talked about our pipeline previously, we are already gearing up. We are a company. Let's face it. I, I think I'm an operations guy at heart. It's it's like a most people do one startup and they never want to do another one for whatever reason. I'm drawn to them. Kind of enjoy the environment, and we are trying to create that culture where operators and marketing kind of. And that's what our whatever name we go by as a company. That's our culture. And I think that's hopefully resonates. I've been real fortunate in life. You know, we've we've had I've worked around some very, very talented people. It's funny, the old I used to run the West Coast for Life Care Services, very well-known company. In my I had at, at peak about 23 communities that were direct reports. You look back, Aaron Donaldson, senior VP, LCS, Jill Sorensen, senior VP, Jesse Jansen, CEO. I mean, it was like an all-star team. Wonderful to, and if I could somehow create that, we don't necessarily have the allure or the luster of the life care services name, but what we do have is hopefully a proven track record as individuals. Josh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I actually hired him out of Indiana University in 1997. He was a, originally an AIT with, uh, not for me, but for another company, but then we worked together as early as then. So wow. it's a good, good relationship and I'm very, very proud that we build people and not just buildings. Yeah. I want to, I want to switch topics to talking about USC here in just a moment. I, I'd be remiss though, if I didn't mention at least some point during this podcast, the challenges that are going on in this industry right now. I mean, I think it's no secret to anyone listening and especially to both of you, this is a hard time to be a senior living operator. You know, there's opportunity ahead, but there's still a lot of challenges today. So I wanted to just check in with that and see where are you, you know, despite some of the success that you've seen, where are some of the areas where you're still seeing challenges, you know, be that still staffing is still tough or, you know, expenses on certain line items are still kind of crazy. You know, what, where are the challenges still? We've got uh, obviously labor staffing. I, I do, I do listen to your podcast and I know that is a common theme. Uh, nothing new to that a lot more eloquent and smarter people have already shared with you. We're seeing somewhat situational. Chicago, it is, it's a, it's a little bit with food, and that's just proximity to the Chicago city limits. LA, fast food workers will go up to $22 an hour next year. Water bill, the one for the burial today, we just, we, we opened it up $79,000 a month. So that's the, inflationary effects continue to pop up into our market basket. We are somewhat fortunate that we're able to, we work with some investors with a long-term range. 
So we, we obviously need to protect the margins, but we need to fill the building first and then work with the margins is what we've been operating off of. And there's been some extremely great discussions, Chuck Hammonds, Joel Sherman from South Bay, the asset management team, where we really are looking into some unconventional areas, both for revenues and with cost containment as well. So it's, it's a lot of brain power in the team beyond Josh and I, and we're, we're proud to be a part of that as well. Yeah, you've piqued my interest, unconventional sources of revenue. Can you talk about any of those? Sure, Cam. We've uh, big, big fans of K4 Connect. We, uh, I think we've received that award for the tech. We're looking to leverage that. We're taking a look at what other vendors are making money in our properties. We have beautiful high-end properties, both in, in some terrific markets, and just saying, hey, can we do these things ourselves? And so we're, we're really, it's extraordinary times. Uh, we've been through similar problems with inflation before and some hard times and uh, traditional, and that's where it helps to have been around for a long time. There's that, that memories. Yeah, hey, we, we can do this. We can do some of the, the home health ourselves. We can do some of these other things. And unlike a lot of other companies, I think our investors like us as well is we're not doing it to boost our own pockets, but we're doing it to help meet those goals for the communities. So it's a, it's a much, much longer term uh, perspective for us that those relationships are important. Yeah. And, and just to ask a follow up to that, I've seen some operators and we've written stories about this recently have taken this approach, especially on the high end side, which is why I want to ask you this. I've taken the approach of sort of giving residents more choices, but also in the same vein, making it so that if they want things on top of sort of that basic package, they they have to pay for it. But we've 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 made it easy. They can see how much it costs, you know. And and I've seen this accomplished through things like spend down cards. You know, you get six hundred dollars mm-hmm. to use in the community on whatever you want. It's your choice. And then anything on top of that, you know, you that comes out of pocket. And here's the prices for everything. Is that something that you guys are exploring? Do you, do you find that also interesting? Yeah, we do. We do that at the burial right now. But we're interested in doing it with healthcare as well. Seniors spend a, particularly for our age group, pay a disproportionate amount of their income towards that healthcare. And if we can capture some of that stream by kind of giving them that personal healthcare experience in independent living, that's something we're, we're exploring right now with a few different partners. Well, that's exciting. So... Let's let's switch topics. Finally, let's talk about USC. I've teased it enough during our conversation. So, and I, I want to make sure I say this right. You both teach it at USC in the School of Hospitality's Senior Living Program, right? That's the that's what you would say. Not quite, Josh. Oh. <laughs> what? Then I'm wrong. What? How would you say it? Well, we we teach within the School of Gerontology. There are four different masters programs at USC. You do have the hospitality program that has also a relationship with Cornell for their school of hospitality. And that's kind of a unique program. But there's also the Master of Arts in Gerontology, Master of Science in Gerontology. And uh, now there's one in administration as well. And so our classes uh, kind of blend between some of the different requirements of each each master's level degree. And so I teach branding and I teach sales and marketing. Jim, you can go ahead. 
tell them what you teach? Trends and aging services, as well as leadership and management. Yep. And so we've also taught a technology class. I mean, I, I began in 2011 teaching legal and regulatory issues and long-term care. I have much more fun teaching sales and marketing. I can imagine. Yeah. And, and we really, the, the school has been so beneficial to us. Uh, and I, I don't want to steal Jim's thunder because really, I think he was the, the brainchild for this. But Jim, can you talk about what we're doing at the Variel? Sure. Yeah, the lines are getting blurry with, with that, that USC. So we've got, we talk about our pipeline. We have three people who are currently embedded in the burial community that are actively working and doing a terrific job, but they're also tagged, if you will, as pipeline. So they've uh, ultimately, they will become that next generation or first generation, if you will, of leaders. Uh, one of them was out at Carrington last week working with some of the community. They're beginning to cross train. And this is the advantage since even though we're not quite owners of all these properties, our, our equity partners understand that this is important to their long-term development as well. And uh, they're embracing this. So I, I want to talk with you about the students that are coming through that program First off, what you said about those students that were actually embedded in the community, I find I found that really interesting. But but beyond that, I, I'm just curious, sort of what the students are like uh, coming through this program and how they feel about the senior living industry. You know, whether they can bring some new enthusiasm or something to this business. Uh, Tim, it's it's wonderful. I, I think we talked about earlier. USC is the oldest school of gerontology. They have online degrees that Josh talked about, but generally. Uh, there are two types of students that, that I find, at least attending my, my classes. Uh, believe it or not, a, probably a majority of them are from overseas uh, with a particular focus on China. And having spent that time there, I, I can share with you, it's, it's that same enthusiasm I think probably Bill Gates and some of those others felt prior to the tech revolution in the late 1980s, 1990s. I think these students all see the future in China, the needs of the senior housing, and that opportunity to get accredited with a degree from a prestigious university. Uh, and I think they're, they're ready to hit the ground running. The advice I get asked frequently is, should I work here in the U.S. and for how long? And we tell people, generally, get a year or two in, but the quicker you get back to China, the quicker you you're kind of caught up and, and you'll have those opportunities presented to you. Uh, the other type, and we get a lot of essentially young executive directors, people who have found their way into this field, their degree may or may not have come from a senior housing perspective. And those are the ones that are attending both in class and online. And I think the value they feel is probably the same value that 25 years ago, people were, were jumping into the MBA pool. I, I need to have a master's of business administration to be in senior housing. Nowadays, if I can get that master's in senior living and hospitality or some derivative of that, and I think some of the universities are stepping forth with those programs. Not all are accredited yet, but, but that's the nice thing about USC. And I think the discriminating students seem to uh, embrace that. 
Well, that's that. That's exciting. I'm glad to hear that there's a lot of enthusiasm. It's very interesting about kind of exporting that model to China. Um, that's something I've been focused on, you know, here in the in the past few years. Not as much during COVID, but uh, it sounds like that's that's still moving along. So I, I, I want to. We, we we don't have much time here. I want to end though with kind of a big question I like to ask on interviews, which is the what comes next question. So I, I know Jim earlier you had said that. You guys have, I think, nine communities under construction, so you're growing, but, you know, we're, we're standing at the precipice of a new year. So tell us, you know, what comes next and what you're going to be thinking about in 2023. Great, great question. Because again, I think we, if we're not looking forward, we're going to get hit. We're going to run into something. So we're, we're always preaching about looking around corners. So internally within the company, yeah, we've got the, the logistics, not just executive directors, but financial people, marketing people. We need to multiply that team. And we hope to firmly establish both the burial and Carrington as bona fide sites where people can come in, can do their training. Uh, and it becomes a kind of an orientation to the to the business. And then we can find opportunities for them within, within our company. We've talked about, you know, possible... A, maybe a third capital partner. Again, it would have to be, frankly, with the right opportunity and with the right person. We we can be discriminating, and we get it. We we've got a lot of success uh, with these two projects, and over the course of my career and Josh's career, we we've had a the two of us have have seen a lot more successes than we have failures. But nevertheless, yeah. we recognize that focus and that time and attention. Yeah, even within these two, we we already have one additional opportunity that has been presented to us, but from Columbia Pacific. And I think as long as we continue to do well, there may be enough from those two that to keep us happy. But I do have a lot of old friends in this industry, a lot of those old people from the business unit we talked about that uh, I think would love an opportunity to kind of slow down from the the grind of being that regional. And that was me. I used to spend 21 days on the road a month and it's, it, it takes its toll. And if you can have that opportunity to give all that up, get a similar or maybe even higher salary at one of these high-end communities, that's the type of opportunities we're going to be offering as well. Great. Well, you know, as I'm sure you guessed, I will be following along with West Bay and of course with momentum as, as that is the future of the company, as you had said, well, Jim, we are out of time, and, and uh, Josh, we are out of time. I wish we could spend more time, uh, but we've we've unfortunately reached the end here. But I just want to thank you both, uh, Jim Biggs and Josh Johnson, for coming on today. This was great. So, you know, again, thank you guys. Our pleasure. Hey, thanks, Tim. That does it for this episode of Transform. I would again like to mention our upcoming Build event in Chicago on November 9 and 10. Visit SeniorHousingNews.com slash events for more information. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. Thanks for listening.